Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Yeah, that's right. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Hello. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. I am Jason. And this is the second episode of Heine House Live. Although this is pretty much the first real episode of the show. So thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, a lot is going to happen in this show. Uh, so I want to just go ahead and get started right away. First of all, I didn't mention this before. I was so excited talking about uh, what the show was and what it's going to be like and things that are going to happen within the show. I forgot to mention the length of the show. I had some people write in like, wait, how long are you going to do it? Are you going to be a half hour? That's crazy. Uh, no, the show is going to be, I think the sweet spot for a podcast, especially a solo podcast, is going to be right in that hour to two hours. So I'm going to try to keep it right in there. And in fact, I have my timer on. I'm going to try to keep on track. But you know how I like to talk and ramble and tell stories and do all that. It's all actually part of the fun here. So I'm going to do my best to stay on topic and stay on target, stay on target. But if I go a little off board, don't even trip. It's okay. We're all right. We're having a good time. Um, Okay. I'm going to go ahead and start and do the opener which I have labeled here, uh, talking about how you can interact with the show. If you're, you're listening and you want to send audio questions or get involved with Discord or do all that sort of thing, I'm just letting you know how you can take part in the following episodes. Um, so first of all, social media, of course, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can reach me at Heine House is the handle. Uh, you can submit audio questions, and if you do, I'll get you in on the next episode. We don't have any audio questions for this episode. I'm kind of doing this back to back, man. I'm just I'm just on a roll over here. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling hot with it. So we're just gonna rock with it. Um, but HeineHouseLive at gmail.com is the email. Record yourself. You know, it's super easy to do right now. You can grab your phone. You got an iPhone, you got an Android device, you've got a Windows phone, you've got Windows 10, you're on a Mac, you're on iOS, whatever. It's so easy. Just search for the voice app. Every phone has one. The computers have them. It's so easy now. My gosh, there's almost like no excuse. And they're fun. I love audio questions. So maybe you want to tell me a story, gaming memory. You want to have a discussion about something, maybe something I talked about in the show you want to follow up with, maybe uh, give me some more info about. That's always the fun of this. So uh, HeineHouseLive at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to play your audio question. Um, and, of course, the brand new website, HeineHouse.com, is where you can find every single bit of this information. And I do want to say that this show is supported by your generous pledges on Patreon. So thank you so much. The show is uh, starting and is being brought to the world because of your support there. So thank you, all of my patrons there. If you want to take, you want to take this relationship to the next level, I'd be happy to. Take you on a little date. We can go out. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. And in fact, I want to mention we have three new patrons this this month. So thank you so much. These are all, in fact, longtime listeners of my work uh, and good friends of mine. So I want, of course, thank my homie Rick, my audio guru, my audio mastermind right there. 
Rick, thank you for rejoining on Patreon. Also, my man Adam, the Garbage Town. I want you take me to Garbage Town. Thank you, sir, for coming on back. Good to see you again. And of course, the digital rhino, my man Ryan. Thank you so much. Pacific Northwest represent. It's feeling good. The love is in the house. So thank you, all three of you, for joining and keeping this show alive. And thank you for your support. Um, we're going to move right on into some uh, discussions. Uh, we have some discussions. I have some gaming stuff I want to talk about. Uh, some news. I have some uh, some small tech stuff I want to talk about. I actually have a lot because I've been compiling a lot of info here. So I don't want to go too overboard with this, but I want to talk about some of this. And then I have uh, a couple of great Discord text questions uh, from the community there too, in fact. So we'll get to those. And uh, then we'll probably just put a nice Christmas bow on the top and send it on its way. How's that sound? Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's see. So, gaming news. We have... Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's kind of funny when, when you think about it. I'm going to start the show, this very first podcast, with a rant on Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel I almost feel guilty. I almost feel dirty. But you know what? Y'all know me. You know y'all know I call it how I see it. And you know, when stuff pisses me off, I just call it as I see it. Like I'm not I'm not expecting this like magical unworldly thing to happen when you know we're playing games or we're trying to use products or we're trying to use software or we're trying to use something that we purchased or we're trying to just use something we're trying to just play a game we're trying to just click a program we're trying to just load a page we're trying to just turn on a console right simple things and when the shit doesn't work right i get i get really irritated and it Pisses me off. What am I talking about? Damn, Jay. He's going in. He's going in hard. He's going hard in the paint. He's going into a hard-ass rant. Let me tell you something. You guys know I love Nintendo. I have. I always have. And I'm, I'm a firm believer and I'm a firm supporter and backer of everything that they have to offer for all of us. And gaming, they've brought so much to the table, but... Fucking A, man. Can they get their online together? Can they get their shit together? It has been so many years we've been dealing with this. And yes, I'm happy. Of course I'm happy. I'm happy that the Switch is online. Yes, it works. And and we have... No, we don't even really have an online community there. There is no community there. It's just online, NES games, some, some other games will... You know, first-party games will take advantage of it. Third-party is slowly starting to roll out and take advantage of it. But why Why is the online so shit? Why is that? And I'm talking about... I'm talking about the NES Classic, uh, or what is it? It's called the NES Games, whatever. You know, the NES... Uh, classic Library of Games. You know, you pay monthly. You pay 20 bucks a year, whatever it is, which... I will give them credit. That is an amazing price. That's not that expensive. That's very nice. But then the problem is, is that the games don't even really work. They don't function right. I, I'm telling you. I made a note here. This is this is kind of an old, 
old topic because we got our Switch a long time ago, and when the online came out, we played it, and this is what started to piss me off there, and I made a note of it. But I, I marked here. I just watched NASA. This was this was last year, by, mind you. I just watched NASA land on fucking Mars. All right? And NASA's feed had a two-second delay lag from the video that they were looking at from Mars. All right? Two-second lag. The craft that they sent up there was powered by a 700-watt power supply. That's like a gaming PC in today's world. I wrote on here, enough to power two blenders. Enough for a gaming PC. Two seconds of lag. Now, mind you, I know. You guys are like, holy shit, what the fuck? We're talking about NASA here. I know, and there's big money and big bucks in there. Here's my point. We're paying for the service. It doesn't function right. I can't play Dr. Mario online with my friends that live even in the same state without having a bunch of lag. I just think it's bullshit. I don't think it's right. And it sucks. And it is not great for, uh, for the customer, for the consumer. Nintendo, you need to get your shit together. We are paying for that stuff. We got to figure it out. Speaking of Nintendo, <laughs> I have an issue with the Switch controllers. Damn, Jay. Let him have it, Jay. Tune in next week as we tell you how he really feels. Yes. Tune in next week. Let me tell you something. I'm not really. Okay, so I love the Switch controllers. It's Nintendo, first of all, we got to give them credit because they're innovative. They've always been innovators. Everything about their systems, their controllers, they've always gone above and beyond and done innovation and tried something new. And yeah, a lot of things have failed. And that is taking risk. And I respect them. And I give them full support and and uh, uh, full respect for that. They deserve that. But the thing about it is like, I don't know, man. Like the the Joy-Con controllers, and I love the I love the um the haptic feedback of them, and I love the vibration of them, and the motion is amazing, amazing. I can't actually wait to see where this goes because I think they're gonna involve or include maybe um my my prediction is they're gonna have like Wii games that will come back and come around because we have motion for driving which will be improved, by the way. And then we also have um, some games that take advantage of, like, a pointer like the Wii used to do. So I think I think they can do, like, a backwards-compatible thing with uh, Wii, maybe, like, a, like in the shop channel or something. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, my problem is, is I, I'm not really a fan of the, um, the joysticks. I think they're too small. Now, I don't have huge hands, but they're a little small. I just think that the, the joystick itself doesn't have doesn't have a proper throw. Now follow me here. If you have a if you have a large joystick, if you have a lar- larger joystick, that means that you're going to have more of a throw from dead center all the way to hard left, back to dead center all the way hard right. Okay, so follow me here. You'll have you'll have dead center, but then you'll have a longer throw. You'll have more um, resolution, if you will. Okay, between that dead center, and all the way right. The Joy-Cons, they're really small. So if you notice, if you hold the joystick and you move it, it it only moves a little tiny bit. There's not a lot of resolution in there. What does this do? Well, this makes your control less accurate, um, less fine-tuned, less precise, if you will. So when you're trying to aim, if you're playing a shooter, if you're using that, um, uh, hello, racing games. 
It's fucking terrible for racing games. Um, you can't really play. It's like either it's either like a, it's like a D pad. You're like hard left, dead center. Hard right, dead center. There's like no there's no throw on that. And we bought these. Uh, Steph and I we were out I think at Target or somewhere, and they had these little like adapters, these little things that went over the top of uh, uh, the joystick. It's like a grip basically, which really helped by the way. It could, because again, I think <laughs> I think the joysticks are so small and the fingers kind of slip off. And I know, I know, I'm complaining a lot about it. I'm passionate about this. I'm happy that Nintendo. I love the Switch by the way. It's, I think it's a great console. I just think it has some flaws, and these flaws I think are fucking huge. I think these are massive flaws that I cannot believe. Either were just overlooked or they didn't give a shit about it. They were just like, whatever, push it. Well, they obviously did because they pushed it out, right? So here we are. Um, hello. You know, Americans have big-ass hands, you know, word. Um, so that's kind of a that's kind of a problem with the Joy-Cons. And I just, I just don't like it. Resolution isn't good. Terrible for racing games. You can't play anything. I plug in a third party. Um, we, we bought a few from Power A. And those are pretty nice. You know the themed ones? Like, I have a Yoshi one, which is really cool. Which, actually, I think the joystick broke on it recently. And I don't even use it that much. Like, what the fuck, Power, eh? Get your stuff together. But, um, and talking about the control itself, there's no proper uh, analog triggers either. This is a huge, huge issue. You know, I think it's a, a really small minority of people that this bothers. Does it bother you? Like, let me know. Okay. Before I go any further, because I'm almost done with this rant about their controllers. Does this shit bother you too? Or is it just me? Am, am I just, am I crazy? Should I just like say, fuck off and put this to rest? This really irritates me. Like I, I try to find on my PC. I try to find Xbox 360 wired controllers to play my PC games. Why? Because that fucking controller is brilliant. I love it. The it has the the concaved joystick. It's the right size. It's got analog triggers. It's got enough buttons. It's got a D-pad, although not great. I don't use it a lot for fighting games or anything like that. It's it's a pretty good controller. So I'm using it and I love it. So when I play when I go play fucking Switch, I'm I can't help but think I'm playing with some Fisher Price toy sometimes. I'm like, this is this is irritating me. What the fuck? So I'm like, give me, give me proper control, proper control, man. I'm telling you, I played gear club on that thing. God, terrible, just absolutely terrible. Um, and we need proper control for racing games. I'm sorry. Grid's coming out. I'm going to buy that day one. I need to be there on that. But again, we don't have proper control. Gotta get a gotta get a, uh, a a pro controller, right? What's it called? Pro? I think it's called a pro controller. The the wireless ones. They're like eighty bucks, seventy bucks. That's pretty steep. But it's it's almost worth it to get a better joystick, hands down. Some other gaming news. Hey, how about Tetris BR? Oh my God, Tetris BR. Perfect. Uh, it's the BR game. The, and I say BR. I mean Battle Royale. It's the Battle Royale game that nobody asked for. But everyone loves and craves. Winner. Winner. We are winning with this game. It is fantastic. I don't know if you've played it, gone in there. Think about this. Now, I, I shouldn't even get into it. Unless you've been disconnected and, and offline and your, your dial-up AOL router cable modem won't connect to the internet in the last year. Battle Royale has taken over the world. Love it or hate it. I actually really enjoy it, especially with friends. Um, you know, I like PUBG and... 
Um, you know, I don't mind Fortnite. I'm not I'm not really into that too much, but um, I've played a bunch of other games and um, a new Apex one that Origin put out, EA put out. So there's a lot of fun Battle Royale games coming out. And I do like them, and they're fun. But Tetris BR, what the fuck? Who who thought this up? This is brilliant. It is brilliant. I love it. In fact, it is so. This is like the perfect situation for a game, right? You launch the game, you go into it. It has a main menu. It's like start and options. It's all you get. Fuck off, player. You don't. We're not giving you anything else. Start or options. What does what does it have in options? It has like a sound, like your volume. And that's it. Or I think there's a leaderboards too, which is, of course, the whole point of this. You hit start. Boom. It cues you into a lobby of 100 people. Oops, almost knocked that over. I'm so passionate about this. Of, of 100 people, right? There's 99 other players in there. Cues you all up, loads the thing, and then, bam, you just start playing Tetris. And it is a fucking mad dash to the finish. And who, like, you can, when you get Tetrises, you can pick to choose, like, who you attack. And it can stack blocks to other players. And you can KO other people. And there's things that happen. And if you get if you get more Tetrises, you can knock out blocks that have accumulated by you. Dude, it's, it's intense. And you guys... A lot of you already played it. You know, you're like, yeah, I know. This is the shit. It's a really, really great game. We didn't even ask for it. We didn't even talk about it. Like, who even knew it was coming out? It's like Apex Legends. No one even knew it was coming out. And then they dropped it, and it was like, it's really, really good. You got to be careful with BR nowadays, man. You start talking about that stuff, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna sign it off. You're going to you know, sign your, your death, death certificate before it even comes out. If you mention BR, people are running rampant. On the BR talk, but yeah, Tetris BR, fucking fantastic, amazing. It's on Switch, and it's you know what? Here's the kicker: shit is free to play, man. Free to play, hands down, one of the greatest um, online. Wow, holy shit! And that online works great. It really does. I'm just realizing that. That's crazy. There's no lag or anything with that. That's fucked. I mentioned Apex Legends a little bit. Great battle royale game. Kind of a mix between Halo and, uh, I don't know, kind of like Titanfall. It's done by Respawn, so they were the ones who did Titanfall. But another really great game there. Really enjoying it. I'm playing it on PC. Haven't played it too much. I played maybe, I don't know, a weekend's worth of sessions. Tons of fun. Good stuff there. Uh, What else do we have here? Oh, so rumor is, word on the street, rumor is that PS5 is coming. Well, we know it's coming. We know that Sony, we know that Nintendo, we know that Microsoft, everyone's working on the next console. In fact, they've been working on it forever. I remember reading a article, and I, I think, I don't have the, obviously don't have the article in front of me, but I remember reading, and I, it was a quote from Mr. Miyamoto, and he was saying that they started to work on the Wii U the next year after they launched the Wii, like 2006 hit, boom, and then 2007, mid-2007 or something like that, they started working on Wii U. You have to. You have to. You have to have a concept. You have to have an idea. They probably have visions and concepts of the next two to three consoles that they're going to be doing throughout the years, just the way it works. But anyway, rumor is PS5, whenever that comes out, I think we're getting close Fuck, when, is, when do these consoles come out? 
I think we're getting to pretty close to the end of the, the lifespan of these of this generation console. But PS5 backwards compatibility, listen to this, get this, full PlayStation library. Full, let me repeat that, full PlayStation backwards compatibility in the full library. That's PS1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Let me get a sip of water. Let's just think about that for a second. That's pretty damn good. What does that mean? Well, that means it has a disk drive, right? It would have to. All these rumors coming out, people saying it's going to go all digital. It's all going to be cloud, which I don't think is far off, mind you. I think that's, I think that's very accurate. In time, of course. But if we have full backwards compatibility, holy shit. I, I, I love the PlayStation library. One, two, three, four. I have so many PS2 games. That was such a great time for gaming. PS1, groundbreaking, revolutionary. Nah, they don't really age that well. A lot of games don't age that well. In fact, I've been running a lot of the PS1 games, put the disc in my computer, run it on the PlayStation emulator, use the, the horsepower of the computer to upscale and anti-aliasing and, and uh, do all these great post-processing techniques to get the game to look really nice. And some of these games are a blast to play. And they're silky smooth 60 frames. They're super, super nice. I love doing that. And I've been, seriously, I have a whole stack of PS1 games like next to my computer. I'm just fucking popping them in, man. Just popping them in. Like a red rope at the roller skating rink, dude. I'm just boom, 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 hitting it. So is that true? Have you guys heard that too? I think that's fantastic. Fuck, man. If it's if it's fully backwards compatible and they do some nice uh if they actually use if they actually write some good software and make this legit and make this work right, I think we're going to have something really awesome on our hands. And a PS5, that's going to be that's going to be sick. I'd be in line for that shit 100%. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, some other news, uh, GOG.com, G-O-G, GoodOldGames.com, our friends over there. The last true, the last true, uh, <laughs> the last true warriors in uh, keeping old games alive. We love these guys. We always have. They laid off, quote, a dozen or so employees recently. And in an article that I read there on uh, PC Gamer, they said that they are hiring more people than they laid off. That's what they said. They were doing some restructuring, and uh, they moved some people around uh, and some people out completely. That's really sad, and I feel for anyone who, you know, has employment and then gets laid off or let go due to internal restructuring is a nice term, corporate. Uh, I say corporate America, but it's corporate workforce in the world. Uh, what they like to say is we're just restructuring. Well, it's fucking bullshit, <laughs> and it sucks, and I feel for anyone who has had that happen to have had it happen to me, actually, in the past. I know what that feels like, so it's BS. Um, but you never really can tell what's going on inside a, a big company like that. You just really don't know. You know, Blizzard is under hot, in hot water. They laid off uh, tons of people recently. Um, of course, our the most notorious EA, Electronic Arts, laid off a bunch I mean, I'm telling you, if they're not if they're not buying if they're not buying indie 
uh, studios and shutting them down and they're fucking laying people off. It just, it sucks. You know, it sucks. It's just, a, it's a really cutthroat industry. The gaming industry is interesting right now. Very interesting. It used to be really all about, you know, making good games, making quality games, having a, a close tight knit group of, of, of people who had a vision and dream and come together and, and make something work. And now it's, it's about fucking suits and ties in an office of people who've never played games before trying to figure out how to make the next buck. And it really pisses me off. It pisses a lot of us off. I wasn't really going to go down that road. But GOG, GOG.com, they laid off some people and they restructured. Luckily, it's only a dozen or so. I say that. I say that with a chip on my shoulder because it sucks that anyone has to go. But I just hope that they're doing well. We have to support GOG. These are the last true pioneers of this retro gaming on PC. I mean, like, hello, they take these games, but it's good old games. That's what they stand for. If you haven't heard of what GOG is, they take old games like Abandonware or, um, yeah, like Abandonware, like games that came out, they're no longer supported, uh, the developers or the, the studios have been disbanded and dissolved and there's no support at all. They go kind of into the no man's land, if you will, kind of uh, out in the middle of the internet. And uh, they, they take these games. Uh, usually that would run on older PC hardware primarily and get them to run on modern OS, modern uh, Windows, Windows uh, XP, 7, <coughs> 8, <coughs> you know, and uh, 10. So it's pretty fantastic. So we have to support that. You know, we really have to support these these companies and uh, these amazing, amazing people that are doing that. So I hope, I hope that they... Uh, do okay. I really do. In fact, they just released Diablo 1 on GOG.com. Go check that out. Shit, if you want to support them, just do it there. In fact, I bought that just before I started recording this podcast. I bought that tonight, and I gifted it to the lovely Stephanie. Why? Because that's a game she, uh, you know, she played back in the day. You know, she cut her teeth on that shit. She was, uh, she was doing her thing, and, um, she told me she played the second one first, and then she went back and played the first one and uh, really enjoyed it. But it's 10 bucks on GOG. Go support them. Check it out. All right. Yeah. How about that? Some gaming news. There was a lot. To, there's a lot in there. I tried to get through it as quickly as I could, but I, I, can't, I can't just, like, talk about it and then just move on from it. It's like, God, you know? You hear this stuff, and it just makes me... No, God, please, no, no, no! Let's go ahead and talk about some tech news now. There's some... I don't know if you guys have heard about this stuff. Um, <laughs> there, there has been a huge movement, probably the last year. I, I think it's been about the last year. Uh, of foldable phones. And I'm talking about foldable smartphones, basically. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, wait a minute foldable phones. Do we really need a foldable phone? Like what the fuck does that even mean? So I'm thinking it's like the actual screen that folds because you know we have curved we have curved TVs, or we have curved uh I know Samsung makes some and there's some other manufacturers that make, you know, curved slightly curved TVs and monitors, but I'm thinking, "Oh, what do you do just fold the screen in half? Like how does that work?" I, I it's it's not the screen itself. Yeah, it, I think the screen can flex or whatnot, but I think there's a hinge on it, right? This is all so new to me. I was just looking into it because everyone's talking about it. the whole The whole buzz right now is foldable phones. And here's the kicker, though. So Samsung's doing one. Huawei is doing one. They're all introducing a new uh, foldable phone. 
And what they're saying, they're going to retail from like two to three thousand dollars. For fuck's sake! It's kind of expensive for a foldable phone. You know what I keep thinking? Shout out to the sidekick. Yeah, shout out to the sidekick. Y'all remember that one? That flipped up. There was a lot of uh, phones that did that, but the sidekick probably the most popular. You know, you held it up and then had the screen in the front, and then you 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 hit the button and flipped it, and it goes whoop, and then you had the screen up top, and then you would have your full keyboard the whole length of the phone. You got your horse hooves out, your clippity clops to type in that thing. <laughs> Shout out to the sidekick. Foldable phones, holy shit! All right, I know I'm not paying two or three grand for a foldable phone. It's kind of nice though. Like I saw the pictures. Um, CNET was uh, talking about some of them, and they were showing some pictures. I think Samsung had a few pictures of their their phone on there, and it was ba- it's basically like take your iPad. <laughs> no, don't don't do this literal. Don't be literal and, and and do this. I'm just saying it's a figure of speech. Take your iPad and fold it in half. Right. Take your take your favorite tablet and fold it in half. That's that's pretty much what it is. Don't be sending me photos on Discord of of you folding your iPads in half. I don't want to see that shit. That's fucked up. Don't do that. But it's it's basically like that. So you have you have your your device that's about the footprint of an iPad that's folded in half, and then it kind of opens up. And I think there's a hinge down there. But the screen there's like no there's no break in the screen. I don't know, man. They're trying to get creative, folks. They're trying to get creative. Why? Because we've plateaued in the tech world. We have plateaued on smartphones. We're at that point. They're over there thinking, like, what the fuck else are we going to do? Take Apple, for instance. Like, hey, don't get me wrong. Folks, I've had an iPhone. I've had the iPhone since it came out. And I love it. And I love it. I've used other devices. I have friends that use other devices. They're all great phones, too. They're fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it. They all serve a purpose. I'm not going to sit there and have this like war against devices. But I will say that some of these some of these people, Apple, <clears throat> may release kind of the same thing over and over again, and people go into it and buy it. Hey, if that's what you want to do, I'm all for it. Fuck, I'm all for it. Go for it. You want the latest and greatest? Uh, go for it, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that we've kind of plateaued a little bit in our technology. And I think that I think that the pros of the new version may not necessarily outweigh or justifying spending a thousand bucks on a new phone. I'm just saying, but that's the world we live in. Choices, right? You can do what the do what the hell you want. I think it's I think it's pretty awesome though that we've come to a point to where we've actually plateaued on this shit. And they're like, what else are we gonna do? Well, I don't know. I guess we could introduce a four million megapixel front camera. Uh, foldable phones. Okay, mark my words. They're probably gonna be the next thing. I bet you in five years we're all gonna have foldable phones, and I'll I'll go back to this episode and laugh my ass off. When can a phone wipe my ass? That's what I want. I want a phone just to wipe my ass. Um, you know what I did the other day? I went. I did something. I did something against my own rules. And this is just a PSA for people too who are using uh, computers, which is almost all of you. Uh, PSA, you know, when you install a program on your computer and you do that, just make sure you know exactly what in the fuck you're installing. Just make sure you're actually looking at everything. I I try to install a video converter 
on my PC the other day. And I did something stupid. I went against my rules. Uh, I installed a, from a program I'd never heard of. And the website was kind of, I wouldn't say it was sketch. It was just low quality. Yeah, it was pretty low quality. Um, I'm real good at, you know, determining if I'm going to get a fucking virus on the site or not. But uh, I, I downloaded this program. And when you download a program on on Windows, you're going to get some options. And there's really sneaky ways that they go about. It's called bundleware. They try to bundle a bunch of other shit inside this program that you download. So what happened was I went to install it. Now, usually you can have, if you see a button that says customize when the in installer pops up, click customize because it's going to be like, oh, you want a custom install. Well, what do you want? If you just click the normal basic recommended, it's going to install everything along with it. All that bundleware is going to be right on top of your computer and it's going to fuck you over. And that's just what happened to me the other day. So I installed this program. I even, I even did custom. I unchecked all the shit. I went, I made sure I looked, I looked, I looked, next. Okay, I'm looking. Nope, nope, next. Sometimes they even force you to have like, a, it has like an okay button. But it's like this question like, would you like to install so-and-so-and-so with an okay and cancel? And in your head, you think, I'm going to cancel this. It will cancel the install. That's their thinking too. Oh, I don't want to cancel this. I want to click okay. I want to continue forward. Okay, continue. This is really tricky, right? Really sneaky fucking bundleware but you're supposed to click cancel and when you click cancel then it goes back to the installer it's like okay fine you don't want that shit well fuck you then go ahead install your stupid software well i must have misclicked because after i got done after i got done what the fuck happened man my google chrome opened up boom what do i have are you ready for this google fucking Yahoo fucking toolbar. I had a Google and I had a Yahoo toolbar. Who the hell uses a Yahoo toolbar? It's a search bar. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I'm telling you, man. If you're using a Yahoo search toolbar in your browser, please kindly help somebody out, reformat the computer, and go donate it to Good Goodwill. Get rid of it. We can't be having that happen anymore. And these sneaky-ass programs, man, they got me. They got me. It's just a PSA. So, you know, and I had to go in. I had to go in. Dude, I had to go in deep. And I downloaded. I had to uninstall that thing. And it wouldn't uninstall right away. And I had to try to figure out how to fucking get rid of it. It wouldn't uninstall from the normal Windows 10. I had to go into the actual program files, which, why is it different? I don't know. That's another, that's another segment. A lot of crazy stuff there. So PSA people, just be careful when you download stuff. Yeah, just be careful. You don't want to get fucked over with that. It's ridiculous. Um, horrible. Just horrible. Um, I haven't thought too much about the community events, but I wanted to, to bring this up again. I don't want to introduce something and just kind of just willy-nilly this shit. So I want to um, ask you guys. I want some feedback from you guys. Send me an email, HeineHouseLive at Gmail, or get in Discord and just talk with me. Talk with the community. Let me know what you think. I want to do a hashtag community event where we take a picture of something and use a hashtag, post it in our Discord, and um, you know, show it off, talk about it. And just have, I just want to have fun with you guys. I want to do something interactive where we're laughing. We're LOLing. 
I want to LOL with you guys. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. But if you have an idea for something, I was thinking like hashtag just like any ass to start off. Or hashtag like switch, you know, because we're talking about switch. I don't know. Or hashtag Yahoo toolbar. <laughs> Show me a picture of your oldest browser. How about that? That actually might be kind of funny. Send me a fucking hashtag, your oldest browser. Now, you guys are like, no, I don't even have my old ass computer anymore. I'll probably get like nobody. I'm the only one there with that. I don't know, but think about it. It'll be fun. I think, and maybe down the road, we'll introduce something here, a community, community event. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You can also talk about maybe a story. How about a gaming memory? Oh, that could be cool. See, I'm making, again, making this shit up on the fly. You can talk about early uh, early computing or something, early uh, uh, Yahoo days or AOL days. Uh, what's, what's something that fucked you over, that snuck in and fucked up your shit? I mean, we all downloaded LimeWire back in the day, right? Napster, we all did that. God, I think I was reformatting every couple of months on XP back in LimeWire days. Holy shit, man. You know we were. You know we were. <laughs> oh, my God. It was good stuff. Absolutely love it. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's see. Let's get into. Let's talk about some Discord questions. We got a few that came up there. And shout out to everyone in Discord, you guys. You're all amazing. I love you so much. Thanks for getting on and taking part. Um, you can join us in there every single day. It's a great community of like-minded individuals, gamers, tech people, artists, musicians, lovers of all things geeky. That's how we, that's how we are. That's what we do. Um, if you want to submit a question in there, I actually have a, a podcast chat section. Log into Discord. It's on the left. It says podcast chat. Click it. Boom. And away we go. You can just hang out with us and chat in there. Tons of fun. If you have anything related to the podcast, I would love to have it. Let me get it pulled up here in my old iPad. <clears throat> okay, so we're in uh, the Discord now. We have two questions. First one. Right there from my man, Digital Rhino. Ryan, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. He asks... What is your favorite retro console to unbox a new game for? Ooh, that's a good question. Even though the Genesis is my favorite retro console, there was nothing quite like unwrapping and opening a Super Nintendo game or even an N64 game. Higher quality initial packaging, paperwork, instruction manuals, and so on. That is a fantastic question. You know what's funny about that? I never had that question before. You've been asked a lot of questions over the years. That one has never come through. What is my favorite retro console to unbox a game for? That's really fascinating when you think about the history of box um, boxes and box art, box cover, box internals. It's crazy when you think about it. You know, we came from... I was just... You know what? Fuck this. Let me go grab this. This is how it works. We're doing this shit live. Hang in with me. Now I know I know everyone who's listening in um, on audio form is not going to be able to see this, but I think a lot of you know what I'm about to show and talk about. We went from great big boxes, beautiful box art, full color, almost pamphlet 
style manuals. Lots of things that get included. Lots of flash, lots of wow, lots of beauty, a lot of material to read. Now we went from that to what we have today, which is nothing. Nothing. You'd be lucky to get a link of where you can download the PDF of the manual. Have you seen any, have you opened up any of your Switch games recently? There's usually not a manual in there. And if there is, it's a piece of paper that says, go to Nintendo.com slash so-and-so and download your manual. What does the manual say? Uh, careful of your, you know, epilepsy warnings and, you know, this and that. It's just like, there's, it doesn't even talk about the game. It's crazy. But we have, I'm, I'm going to bring up some, some big box PC stuff. I'm going to answer your question, Ryan. But I just want to just demonstrate. I just want to show, you know, we come from this world where we have big box PC stuff here, which is just absolutely gorgeous. This Look at this. This flap opens up. You can read about the game. You can see screenshots. It's giving you a bunch of information. It's beautiful. It's sexy. Even on the outside, you can't see this on camera, but, oh, you can kind of see the texture. Actually, when I get the light on it just right. This is a raised texture here with the soldiers. Amazing. Amazing stuff. All right, it's pretty fantastic. I just recently found this at Goodwill. We just filmed episode 35 of Thrifton. Go check that out. This is in there. All right, that was the big box PC stuff. And then they started to do some smaller stuff, a little bit smaller. Um, some of them had flaps that would open up as well. You could see like where it would fold open. But still nice, still a good size. So we went from that to basically nothing. So, Ryan, to, to this roundabout way to answer your question... Um, I loved unboxing retro stuff. I remember fondly going to um, Toys R Us. Remember Toys R Us? Rest in peace. I remember going to Toys R Us. I remember going to um, Sears. I remember going to Sears and getting Atari games with my dad. 2600 games. Can you believe it? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, and I even remember fondly getting NES games. And Super Nintendo games and N64 games. I think there was something really special about the boxes. I think there was something special about the internals. Just pulling the game out of the box itself in the plastic wrap and the styrofoam at the bottom. And, of course, I would always do the smell test. They always smelled so good, right? Well, to me, they smelled good because, I don't know, I'm kind of weird that way. <laughs> I like to smell those games. I think most people do. But uh, those were definitely my favorites. The manual, it was almost the size of the box. was was so, so nice. So honestly, I'm going to probably say, um, you know, Genesis was good too, right? I mean, they had a much more durable box. Theirs was plastic, clamshell. And it actually had a nice um, bracket where the game would sit in and kind of click and lock into place so that it would be protected. Hey, I got to give it up, Sega. That was really, really nice. No way in hell were you... Were you putting your games back in the box for NES or Super Nintendo or any of that? You just weren't doing that. There's no way. There's too much wear and tear if you didn't fucking rip the box open to begin with. <laughs> just getting them out, which, oh, God, I hate talking about it, which I've done several times as a kid. Oh, if I just would have known, I was just so excited to play Wave Race. But, yeah, man. Um uh, but I'll, to answer your question there, I'm probably going to say Super Nintendo. I mean, N64 was right there with it as well. Very, very nice stuff there. Um, but I'm a huge big box. I cannot 
answer your question and not say big box PC because I'm a huge PC gamer. You guys know this. And, man, something really magical about that era in gaming. You know, the late 80s and then all throughout the 90s. All throughout the 90s, man. The big box games were something. They're just so beautiful. And they look so nice on display. And and when you put them on the side, like, look at this fucking spine. Look at that thing, dude. I know audio, the people listening to audio form are like, damn, I can't see it. Oh, but you know it's sexy. Oh, you know it. So good. You know it. You know it! And when you have them all on display and like your cabinet or something, they're all just like back to back, just look so nice. You know, I've t- I think I've told this story before. I want to tell a story about Duke Nukem 3D, my very first experience with Duke Nukem. I'm going to go into that real quick. You guys are going to find out. I may repeat stories down the road or whatever because I'm just, like I said, I got a bunch of useless info up here. So it just comes spewing out. So, Duke, so what was it, 1996? And uh, in, in uh, Oregon, where I'm from, we went to Costco. All right, everyone, most people know what Costco is it's a big warehouse type bulk discount uh store rather and costco at that time which i think they still do they had a middle in the middle of the floor they have like clothes and kirkland signature a bunch of like uh you know shirts and shoes and clothing and a bunch of stuff um, jeans pants all kinds of stuff they also have books and they also have kind of like a media section at the time they had cds compact disc was the music cds uh which they don't anymore of course uh, there's no money in music CDs anymore, so they stopped selling them. But during that time, they did. But they also had a very large section for PC gaming, which was crazy. They didn't have, which I found I found really strange. Actually, well, 1996 was kind of an interesting year because we were we were transitioning from generation from console generation at the time. So now I don't think they had a lot out there for Super Nintendo and N64 was just around the corner. We had Sega Saturn that was coming, uh, or Sega Saturn that was out, and a, a PS1 was was right around there. So, but they had a bunch of PC games there, which is really cool. So I would always go over there and just sit there and sniff around, and look at all the PC games, and of course in awe of everything because they were all fucking huge boxes like this. You just pick it up and you're like, oh, wow, 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 holy shit, look at this game. Well. So I had played in 1993, I played Wolfenstein 3D for the very first time, and it blew my mind. That's when I fell in love with the first-person genre. It was right there, instantly, and just magic. I made love to it, and I, I always loved it. So I was heavy into first-person shooters. I loved them. Um, shortly after that, you know, you get into other games like um, um, I played Doom. I, you know, I went into uh, Quake, played all those games on PC. Um, Soldier of Fortune, but that was later. That was like 99. But anyway, there was a lot of games that came out around that time. So anyway, I'm at Costco. Here's the story. I'm at Costco. And I'm there. And I'm, I'm, here I am, little Jay. Jay Hine. He's sitting there. He's playing with looking at big box games. And I pick up Duke Nukem 3D because the cover is unbelievable. The cover is Duke Nukem's on there. He's got guns that are shooting. Um, I didn't know it was you know, the ripoff of the movie at the time, but you know they... They uh, 
they just had a great box art, great box art. And throughout the entire box, it's just amazing. All around, it's great. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm looking at this thing, and it's like 60 bucks, you know. And I want it. I want it instantly because I'm like, I want to play this game. This is, looks like it's the bomb. Look at this. It's got naked chicks on the back. It's got uh, these, I don't even know what they're called. They're basically like, they're like weird animals, animal-like mo- monsters, basically. Getting slayed, fucking blood everywhere. Duke Nukem, this badass. He's got the chicks everywhere. Like, who is this guy? I want this game. This is something that I'm really going to want. So I grab the game, and I run over run over to my mom, who's pushing the cart. She's shopping, doing her thing. And, uh, <laughs> and she's got a bunch of shit in the cart, right? So when she's, like, looking... She's looking at the aisle somewhere. She's doing something else. I take Duke and I fucking slide it under like a stack of clothes or something. Well, any of you know, your moms have eyes in the back of their head. And she told me this for years, by the way. She told me this for years. And as a kid, I I thought she really did. That's what's fucked up about it. I'm still traumatized from it. She's like, I got eyes in the back of my head. What did you put in there? And I'm like, fuck, I wasn't sneaky enough. How the hell did she see that, you know? Anyway, she looked up. She looked up the thing, and she pulled the box out. And she looked at it, and she's like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I remember it. I remember it clearly. She's like, "Absolutely not." And of course, I did the very typical. I did the very typical kid thing that you do. Mom, come on! And I had to put the A on the end of it because if you don't put the A on the end of it, it, it doesn't have the same presence. It doesn't have the same importance. I could have just said, "Mom." I could have said, come on. No. It's like this. <clears throat> Mom. There it is. See the A? Come on. This is the best one. Please. Uh, yeah, you guys know it. You know it. You know it. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. So she's like, Jace, no, no, no. This Look at this game, you know. Now, this is 1996, okay? This this is my mom. Bless her. This is the same woman I ha- sat down and had a conversation with in 1993 when I brought in a Snoop Dogg doggy style cassette and a Dr. Dre the Chronic cassette in both my hands. And I sat down and I said, Mom, I want to play this music. I like this music. It's really, really good. And she's like, she looked at it. She she sees doggy style. She sees the chronic. And she goes, I'll let you listen to that if you promise to never, ever say whatever words are inside that openly. Don't ever say them. And I'm like, you got yourself a fucking deal. No, but I said, yeah, you got a deal. No problem. That was a real conversation we had. So I had a really great relationship with my mom and um, to this day still do. I talk to her every day. And that's just the thing is that I was like, please. And she's like, no. And I ended up doing something a little uh, outside of my realm. What I typically don't do is I said, okay, okay. I went to take it back, but I waited for her to go into checkout line. And I brought it back over, and I snuck it in the checkout line. I wanted that game so fucking bad, man. Duke 3D, I wanted it so fucking bad. So anyway, I snuck it in there, and and I just remembered, man, the best sound in my life was that scan of it going across and dinging, beep, 
And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, got it. And then came the trouble of trying to get it to run on my computer, which it wouldn't do. Yep, that was the 90s in computing days and being a, uh, being in the computer world in the 90s. It's different, right? Today I just talked about how we plateau. Our technology is kind of plateaued. It's so advanced and so great right now. Back then, every month, literally every single month, things were changing so rapid. Uh, technology and computing and uh, RAM and upgrades and graphics processing and VGA and SVGA. We could talk about retro uh, computing. Uh, we lived it. It was, it was very, very cool. What a cool time. But it changed a lot. And from month to month, you would you really wouldn't be able to run something that would come out. A game would come out, and it'd be like, oh, it needs, oh, it needs um, 32 megabytes of RAM, which actually I shouldn't even say that because that, that was a lot for the time, you know. But, oh, I only have 8 megabytes. Holy shit, a 32? How the hell am I going to get 32 megabytes of RAM? And also, what the fuck is RAM? You know, like, we don't know. So, yeah, it was it was fun times. Probably really annoying for people uh, growing up at that time. I mean, I know it was annoying. I, what I meant to say is it probably really annoying for um, adults and especially parents who had kids that were into gaming trying to get involved with that, having to upgrade all the time. And this shit was expensive, too. It wasn't like it was cheap, man. Do the conversions, man. It was like dollar to dollar. We're, it's like, you know, super, super expensive compared to uh, like what it is today. Um, and sure, the market fluctuates and all that sort of thing, but... Yeah, it was it was fun. Maybe we'll do a, a retro. Maybe we'll do a PC gaming retro episode, and I'll pull out. Maybe I'll pull out some of my big box games, and maybe we'll talk about it. I'll talk about some some history, maybe some memories. Maybe you guys can share some memories as well. Get in the Discord. Let me know some PC gaming memories. Maybe some maybe a story. Tell me a little story about uh, some of your uh, your your gaming uh, gaming purchases as kids, or even today. What the hell? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Digital Rhino. That's right. Thank you, Ryan. Wow, right there. Knocked that one right out of the park. You've got mail. That's how it's going to be, man. We're going to just talk. We're going to just have a conversation. It's going to be like just hanging out with with your homies. We're going to be just having a good time talking about gaming, talking about tech, talking about life. That's what it's about. I'm so excited, guys. I'm really, to be honest, I'm really, really excited to be sitting here doing this. This is something I've been wanting to do for so long so long and i'm so happy to be able to just do it on my own terms it means so much so thank you for listening really appreciate that hashtag love okay moving right along the homegirl e-dub the four for four the homegirl wendy's in the house aaron thank you so much for a question she came through and graced us in discord thank you for that uh her question so, I've joined a group of board gamers every Thursday night through work. Oh, nice. Okay. So, some coworkers. You guys get together to do some board gaming. And again, board games, that's basically what we did before, um, I guess I could say digital. I guess the digital or virtual gaming came into play before we all had computers. Yes, folks, we actually would play board games and ride bikes. I know it doesn't look like it, but I used to ride a bike. So I've joined uh, board gamers every Thursday night through work. I'm really loving learning the new games and the new games that are not always found in the stores. So she's, I'm butchering this, sorry. 
I'm really loving learning the new games that are not always found in stores. Fantasy, worker placement, engine builders. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is very um, different than what you find in the store. You find a lot of, uh, you don't know, Jack and party games that are in Target and Walmart and that sort of thing. Um, can't remember if I've asked this before, but what is your favorite board game or the last one you played? The last one I played was called Ubongo. It's like a quick Tetris-like puzzle game. Oh, that sounds really fascinating and very interesting. Haven't heard of that, Ubongo. You know what? Um, what I want to do is I want to pull up. Let me see if I can do this real quick. I'm going to pull up my Google A, and let me just type in um, my favorite game. Actually, I'm going to do that. Hold on. You're going to love this. I'm pulling up Ubongo because I haven't seen that before. Then I'm also going to pull up. Shout out to the Bluetooth keyboard that I bought specifically to do this. I'm controlling my PC that's over there. This is great, man. Technology. Let it work for you, folks. Let it work for you. Boom. There it is. Okay. Um, so, again, sorry for uh, audio people. You can't see this. But if you want to tune into YouTube, you can always go back and look at the archive on this stuff. You can see it. Um, so let me look at this Ubongo here. Ubongo Jr. So this looks like fun. Oh, cool. So it's, it looks like you have, oh, so you have cards on the ground, and then you place your sort of Tetris-like pieces within the allotted shape size there. I like that. That's pretty cool. You know what? Steph might really like this game, too, because she is freaking addicted to Tetris BR. That girl is fucking destroying on there. I think her best is eighth. And also, hold on a minute. Pump those fucking brakes here for a minute. Why is it that every time I play Tetris, I get fucking blocks stacked underneath mine, like within, seriously, this is, I'm not exaggerating, like 10 seconds. <laughs> I, log, I log into the game, I start to play, and it's all of a sudden it's like, boom! <laughs> and I get hit with that. Why is that? It really pisses me off. When she plays, no, nothing, nothing. She's fucking perfect. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. But anyway, this looks like fun. We're going to have to check this out. I'll have to definitely put it on the list. Looks like they got a couple of different ones on here. Ubongo. Ubongo, Ubongo. Sweet. Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, Aaron, I'm going to let you know, my one of my all-time favorite board games, and I have a lot. I played a lot at my grandma's house. She had a ton of them. We had a really good time playing board games. But the Omega Virus. The Omega Virus. I had this as a kid, and I played it a lot. Unfortunately, I destroyed the box throughout the years. I would take it to friends' homes and stuff like that, and it, it got ruined. And then when I moved away to go to college, it didn't come with me, and I don't know where it went, probably somewhere that makes me very unhappy. But about four years ago, I was at a, uh, a collectibles shop, and I saw one in there. They had one, and I bought it for 20 bucks which is super, super fair price. Uh, let me see if I can pull, can I pull up a big picture of this? Oh, yeah, right here. It's called the Omega Virus. It is an electronic talking, um, kind of like a futuristic outer space type game. Uh, as you can see here. Oh, there we go. I'll make the picture big. There we go. All right, so you guys can see this now. Basically, you have your sections, blue, green, orange, and red, and you have uh, your little people down here. So he's right there. He's chilling. And what you do is you hit the button in the middle and you move, you basically move to a space. So say you move here to 202, you enter in the computer here, 
202, and it will read something. It will read if, you know, you're trying to find the virus and destroy the virus before it destroys you. And you have these little bots here, these little robot dudes that can help and follow you around. You have access cards that allow you to access certain areas. Without access cards, you can't get in the areas. So you're going to travel around and maybe in red zone, you're going to find a green access card. Well, now you can travel into the green area and search in those rooms. Um, You all are fighting to to find this virus. And you use the button, uh, the computer in the middle, to talk about uh, or to enter your room keys. And, dude, it's it's fucking awesome. It's so much fun. And I love it because I came back and uh, Steph and I played it. I put batteries in it. And we had a really fun time doing it. So I'm really happy to have found this game again. It's super, super fun. Absolutely love it. And, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I, I, wish, I wish we lived closer to more people here locally to where we could, like, have a bunch of friends over and, like, enjoy enjoy like doing board games and stuff like that because I love board games. We all love Steph loves board games. In fact, you know it's funny the other day when we were <laughs> so here I go again on another story, another tangent. So what happened was we were cooking pizzas and I cooked hers because I have a pizza pizzazz. Shout out to Presto. Please get out me. Sponsor the podcast. I would love a couple more Presto pizza pizzazzes up in this bitch. Um we're cooking a pizza and I finished with hers. I pull hers off. I cut it up for her. I put it on the table. And then I go to put my pizza on, and I put it on. I forget to fucking turn it on again because you have to do the, the dial turn it on. And so, anyway, I put my pizza on. I forget to turn it on. It takes 20 minutes to cook. So she's like, well, do you want to? I'm like, please, eat, eat your pizza. Don't wait for me. Just eat it while it's hot, you know? No one likes cold pizza. Well, some people do. And, well, leftover cold pizza is good, but not after you cook it. You know what I mean? So anyway, we sit there, and we have a travel Yahtzee. We have a travel Yahtzee right next to us. And so anyway, I pull out the travel Yahtzee, and she's like, do you want to play? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do a little travel Yahtzee. So we're playing Yahtzee, which we love playing Yahtzee at the table. We do that quite often, in fact. I've played Yahtzee with my family for years. It's a great game, great dice game. Uh, if, if you haven't played Yahtzee before, definitely go and check it out. It's a ton of fun. And um, so we're playing. And I'm like, man, this thing has not dinged yet. This pizza is taking fucking forever. And I don't even smell it. I don't even smell it. So I get up. <laughs> I get up. I walk over there. I look at it. This shit looks the same. <laughs> I'm like, it still looks frozen. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I didn't even cook it. So what do I do? She just finished her pizza. We've already played around round of yachts. I'm like, fuck it. I turn the thing on, come back to the table. I'm like, roll the dice, roll the dice. <laughs> I was waiting for that ding. Never heard it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good time. So Yahtzee, that's another one too. That's kind of a, uh, that's a, uh, uh, in addition to Yahtzee, we play a lot of that. But yeah, man, I wish we lived closer, Aaron. We'd definitely be playing lots of lots of board games together. Be tons of fun. Always love that. Okay, let's see. I think, have we come to the end? I think so. It's been about an hour. How about that? All right, we just totally picked it up, laid it down, talked about some gaming, talked about some tech, talked about some memories, had had some moments. You know, what I really thought I would do as well, and I won't do this every time, but towards the end of the show, and I haven't even really named the section yet, I I had a few ideas of kind of talking. I, I, I thought I would call it like, having a moment or I thought I would call it maybe like real talk or I thought I would name it like, I don't know, 
something, something inspirational. Almost just like kind of like a heart to heart, like one on one type thing. I know it sounds really weird and cliche, and you're probably thinking, what the hell is he talking about? You know, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm, I'm very much emotionally impacted by lots of things that happen in my world, lots of things that happen in your world, lots of things that happen in our world. And so sometimes I just sit and I ponder about things. I think about things, sometimes a, a little too much. I let things get to me. I hold my thoughts inside a lot. I've always done that, and I'm trying to work on that. And one thing I've learned this year is that I need to be open and honest. I need to be upfront, and I need to tell people what's on my mind, good or bad or positive or negative. I need to be open. I need to be upfront. I think we all do. And so this is, this is hard, kind of difficult for me. I don't usually do this sort of thing, but I want, I want to make a conscious effort. I want to make, I want to try to do this. And because this is just, this is just my, this is, this is me. This is how I am. This is how I operate. And I, and honestly, I, if, 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 if you listen to it and you, you feel inspired by any of it, or it helps you, or or you tune out before I even do it. Like that's okay. I just I want to I want to give something inspirational. I want to give something motivational. I'm not going to sit here and like preach about stuff. Like I'm not I'm not about that. I'm not a big preachy preachy person. I'm going to talk about shit that's on my mind, shit how I see it, and I don't have the most. Um, I, I may not say it in like the most educated or correct manner. I may not go to that level, but I'm going to just, I'm going to lay the shit on the line. I'm going to talk about how, how it is and how I feel and how it makes me feel and what I think about it. And what I found is when I start doing that, I have a lot of people who, who feel the same way or they, they, they've been in a situation similar or they felt those emotions. And it's the whole reason why I even started writing music in the first place from the very beginning is it's an emotional experience. It's something that you can listen to and have an emotional connection to, and you can, you can be inspired or influenced by it, or you can accept it in your own way. It's like a scent, you know, or uh, a song, you know, you, you smell it or you hear it or you're or a picture. You see a picture from a long time ago, from 50 years ago, and it'll remind you when you were a kid, it'll take you to that spot. It's really, really magical. So I'm not saying I'm going to have like these magical moments, but sometimes through these weeks, I always have things that are on my mind, shit that, that bothers me or things that happen. And I want to just talk about it. And I want to say this or that. And I and I just hope that you guys accept that and and listen. And if you don't, I I respect you still and appreciate you so much still. Um, so what I want to say on this very first podcast, this very first episode, I've gone through a lot of self uh, reflection recently, and I've gone through a lot of um, internal struggles and dramas and um, struggles really. And I just want to say. I have really high expectations on everything that I do. In fact, they're too high. They're so high that it's hard for me to do things because I feel like sometimes I always fail at them if they don't come out and turn out exactly right. And I think a lot of us have this about us. Now, there's nothing wrong with somebody who just wants to just live life and, and do whatever they want and not go above and beyond for things. I, there's, a, there's a place and a spot for all of us. That's totally fine. But for me, I feel like everything I do and everything I'm a part of, I can always make it better. I can always help. I can always do something in it. And it's never, I always feel like I can do more or I can be better at it. And it's tough because it doesn't always work that way. You know, it doesn't always work that way. Or at least in my mind, I feel that way. So what I want to say is, you know, 
take a chance on something. You know, take a chance. Ex- explore yourself. And it's scary, I know, but try not to be too afraid of, of making that jump. Try not to be too afraid of going off climbing and skinning up your entire body, uh, uh, getting cuts and bruised and getting all fucked up as you climb that mountain. You get to the top of it and you're all fucked up. You're bleeding out your ass. You're just like, holy shit, I can't believe I even fucking made it up here. Now what do I do? Don't be afraid to go to that edge, look over, and fucking jump and do it. And you know what? You know, you're going to hit shit as you fall down. You're going to hit rocks and branches and shit. And then, you know, eventually you're going to land. You're going to land somewhere, and it's going to be great. Hopefully you're not dead. <laughs> that The analogy is don't be afraid to fail. Because if you don't fail, you're not really doing anything. You're not really learning what's right and what's wrong. You're not really figuring that out. And everyone's like, oh, failure, failure. I'm afraid of failure, too. Everyone is. I hate that. I don't like it when shit falls apart in front of my face. Most of the time, it's beyond my control. Sometimes it is my control. But you learn from it, and you apply yourself. You apply it to the next you know, reiteration, you know, the next evolution of yourself. When you recreate yourself, I can't tell you how many fucking times I've recreated myself. This is another one. You are witnessing a live recreation of myself. And I like it. And I like you. And I want to continue to be here with you doing these shows or hanging out, Discord, online, wherever. I know you didn't expect it. It was going to get deep. I definitely go deep sometimes, folks. I go a different direction. I think about these things. And I think it's fun and unique, and it's what makes me me. I think this has been an absolutely incredible first episode of Heine House Live. I appreciate you all so, so much. Thank you for listening. HeineHouse.com, HeineHouseLive at Gmail, get at me. Let's continue the show. On to episode three. We'll see you next time. Much love. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something-something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you, ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And, of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at... Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.